A Karen tries to ruin a cancer patient's make-a-wish day so her child won't be inconvenienced. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. I saw the absolute end-all be-all last week. I work for a small production company and we do a ton of charitable work. That day, a few of our crew members, myself included, were lent out for a make-a-wish type thing for a girl whose wish was to have her original song made into a music video. She was battling cancer, so of course course, every precaution had to be taken, COVID-wise. The director reserved a scenic section of the park and got all set up there so we could be outdoors with plenty of distance. Apparently, this was the only section of the park with a picnic area. We weren't aware of this and occasionally, some people would come over pretty miffed asking why we'd reserve the whole picnic area. But before they could get the whole complaint out, they'd realize the situation and leave us be, embarrassed to have even asked. This young lady was around 14 or 15 years old and having a great time shooting the scenes for her music video until Hugh Karen, a mess of cheap Botox and overpriced athleisure gear, started crossing over our clearly marked barricades with her daughter, who was around six or seven years old. Our PA, the production assistant, rushed over, figuring she was just too dumb to notice all of our signage and physical blockades, and explained in a hushed tone that she was intruding on a private film set. Karen replied intentionally loudly that it was a public park and she had every right to use any part of it she pleased. Now, was it a tad bit inconvenient that we'd commandeered a large strip of public land, the only area with seating? Absolutely. But the handful of people who'd wander over to complain immediately processed the nature of this project and gladly made other plans for themselves. Karen wasn't budging, but we had a permit from the city to be there, so we let her know that she could quiet down or shove off. We actually had a right to have her ejected if she was being disruptive to our filming. We really didn't want to, though, and we didn't exactly have the manpower to do it without calling the authorities and we didn't want to put a damper on this fun event or make a scene in front of her daughter so the director paused filming to try and de-escalate things. There was supposed to be a liaison from the Make-A-Wish style program there but the catering guy had gotten lost on the way to the park and she'd gone to go look for him. So the director showed Karen the permit we had and warned her a final time she either needed to watch calmly or get out of there. She pulled her young daughter off to the side and started trying to goad her into singing. The kid was better able to read the room than the mom because she was too embarrassed to start singing and tried saying she wanted to wait until she got home. But Karen kept pointing her phone camera at the kid and shrieking. She wanted her to sing right then and there so that she could film it. Eventually, she started playing some Disney song from her phone and the kid began hissing along, interrupting our footage, much to Karen's twisted satisfaction. Finally, the director had had it and informed her that even though she technically moved off the land we'd physically reserved, the noise that she and her daughter were generating was disruptive, so he could still have her removed. I'm not even sure this is true, but I think he just correctly assumed that, hello, 911, this woman is harassing a young girl with cancer trying to experience her make-a-wish day wouldn't end in Karen's favor. But Karen's pride wouldn't allow her to simply walk away from the situation. So once her daughter had ceased this loud, off-key singing, she continued lingering even as her child begged her to go play by a pond almost a quarter of a mile over. Karen tried to force her daughter into the shot with hopes it would make us move, cruelly getting her kids' hopes up and dashing them repeatedly. So I guess the kid wasn't especially bright either. She'd keep saying, Look baby, they're making a movie. Quick, go be in the movie so you can get famous. Hurry. And the girl would run onto our set, or try to, and a PA or the key grip would return her to her mom before she could run across our shoot. But her daughter's anguished cries of disappointment had not become 
becoming famous each time we returned her to her mom were enough to render most of the footage, if not useless, at least a lot less fun than it was intended to be. I guess Karen didn't think we heard her goading her child into disrupting us with fake promises of superstardom because when the director came over for her final warning, she tried to play dumb saying, Oh, I think she's just dead set on using the picnic space. Since this is the only picnic space in the entire park, it would probably just be easier for you to move, huh? She said it with a combination of faux sweetness and imagined authority. Clearly, she had no idea what it takes to set up for a film if she thought we could just move locations on a whim. The director turned out to be bluffing on calling the cops because he didn't want to create a scene until the liaison returned. So, he just had a couple big crew guys keep her and her daughter at bay. Eventually, the liaison did come back, but honestly, she wasn't particularly helpful. Karen deduced that she was who was in charge and who everyone was waiting for in order to take action, so she magically shaped up the minute she appeared and stood quietly to the side. So when the crew member descended on the liaison at once, she just meekly said, Well, it's fine if she watches, right? People are probably curious what's going on. Thankfully, the girl in the video had been having her makeup done for most of this while we filmed a backup dancer scene, so she didn't really notice most of the debacle and didn't care one way or another. Because Karen had her little kid with her, the girl didn't say she couldn't watch, even though she was visibly uncomfortable at the strange audience. She kept waving to and winking at the little girl though, who thought she was some kind of celebrity. It was actually pretty cute and a perfect compliment to her music video Make-A-Wish. Karen hated that and kept muttering to a passerby trying to surmount insurrection, but unbeknownst to her, just about everyone in the general area was affiliated with our shoots. She did manage to find one or two people who were irritated about the picnic area being closed, thinking that we were just some greedy private party who'd sectioned it off from other guests, but then they realized it was some kind of film production and started milling around out of idle curiosity. Again, we were mostly filming backup dancers at this point, a couple of the girl's friends, so I give credit to Karen that if she wasn't paying a lot of close attention to the filming itself, it may not have been immediately obvious what exactly we were doing at that point. That still doesn't make what she did next okay. She'd make the occasional comment to the other picnic people and was winning some of them over. She'd say something like, uh, but do they need the entire space? And get an affirmative nod. Whatever. I don't think the other people were really listening that closely. They were watching too intently, waiting for someone famous to pop out in the music video. Our tech people had determined that it wasn't interfering with the audio, so we had begun to ignore her as long as she stayed out of the way. Then the star girl comes out for her big emotional dance scene, and she's really giving it her all. So Karen decides to throw in another blow by turning to the woman nearest to her and saying again, loud enough for everyone to hear, Oh God, it's one of those girls who thinks it's cool to pretend to be a boy. I bet she hasn't stopped to consider how long it'll take to grow her hair back. You'd think Karen would have stopped for a second to consider that maybe the girl was not cultivating a new chic look and in fact had cancer. Or better yet, that maybe that stranger's hairstyle wasn't her business in any case. And maybe her not having eyebrows or arm hair either was a clue. But nope. So our poor starring girl hears this and crumples up into tears, now assuming that the crowds who had been gathering throughout the day were not doing so because they thought she was some famous pop star, but instead to gawk because she was strange looking. She rushed away and those standing anywhere near Karen hurried off to make clear that they weren't associated with her. That's when the liaison realized what we had been trying to warn her about with Karen's behavior and tore into her along with several members of the girl's extended family. Like a true coward, Karen didn't even try to apologize. She just bolted as quickly as she could saying, You know, maybe we'll find a different spot because clearly you're 
busy. As though she were doing us a special consideration. Luckily, our lead girl's entire extended family was there and cheered her up, and some supportive civilians had showed up with genuine curiosity about the film set, then loved watching her dance for no other reason than they loved watching her dance. So she was happy and having fun again, quickly after Karen skulked off. But still, really quite a hurtful and inappropriate spectacle. If she gets this worked up over a picnic table, I can only imagine when her daughter starts to face life's real challenges. So, what should we have done? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As the original poster here said, regardless if Karen knew or didn't know that the starring girl had cancer, why would she make comments about her appearance, specifically at a volume loud enough to be heard by her while she's trying to film her video? There's no other reason for that other than to be blatantly hurtful. I don't think any reasonable person would have the expectation that, oh, if I say this, they'll hear that, then they'll stop filming their video here and they'll move somewhere else even though they have an entire film crew set up in this location. That's not what her thought process is. She was mad she didn't get her way and then took a jab at this girl who was trying to have her make a wish day. So if this girl was someone that you loved, a family member or a little sister or something, how would you have handled the situation? Let me know down below. They took my pay, so I took their company. Here's what happened. Many years ago, I got a job with a marketing company during phone deregulation. It was the Wild West and a lot of small, long-distance companies sprang up, all trying to get a piece of the pie. Eventually, they all got bought up by the bigger fish, but at the time, they were all paying hired gun marketing firms very well to score contracts for them to lock in people. I got a job with one of those marketing firms, a new age capitalism company that insisted we all do yoga and breathing exercises while they rang a little bell and gave us affirmations about how many contracts we were all going to sell and how much money we'd all make. The job was 100% commission, but I was always good at sales, so I looked at the pay scale and noticed that it was exponential, presumably to entice people to work hard with impossible payouts. We were allowed to work as many or as few hours as we wanted with the payout based on your weekly sales numbers. I decided I would give it a shot for one week to see how much I could realistically make before deciding whether I was willing to put up with the tasteless vegan snacks and mandatory voluntary yoga regimen. For the next week, I pushed myself as hard as I could. For seven straight days, I worked 14 hours a day every single day and used every trick and technique I had learned doing sales to score as many contracts as I possibly could. I 
figured this would tell me my maximum possible income and could decide based on that whether or not to stay. At the end of the week, I had blown everyone else out of the water. In fact, I had not just gotten more contracts than anyone there had ever seen in a week. I had gotten more than any of them had seen in a month. Because of the exponential scale, I realized I was making absolutely ridiculous amounts of money, over $10,000 a week. They had never expected anyone could actually hit those kind of numbers. Coming in the next week, expecting a huge payday, I ended up with only 5% of what I expected. They told me there were problems with a lot of my contracts and that I would be allowed to fix them and submit them a few times over the next several weeks. These problems were things like an apostrophe wasn't quite clear or the dash in someone's phone number was slightly crooked. They were going to try and do me dirty. That night, I got a phone call from the company's office manager, Frank, who wanted to meet up for a drink. Curious, I agreed. Over some brewskis, Frank told me that the owners of the company were in a panic because I would have bankrupted them. He said they spread out all my contracts on the floor of the office, then they crawled over them, inspecting each one and trying to find out if I was committing some kind of fraud. When they comprehended that all my contracts were legit, they decided that they had no other choice but to do this to me. Frank told me he realized at that point that if they would do this to me, then they'd do it to him too. And besides, he was tired of doing yoga. He asked me if I would be interested in going into business with him and go head to head with his bosses. I thought it sounded intriguing, but I asked him how he thought we would compete. Frank explained that he had found out that they didn't actually have the contract for our city. They were acting as independent contractors for another company who had the contract to market the service in an entirely different city. They were poaching here because the person who did have the contract wasn't actively using it. We put together a pitch and approached the guy with the real contract, Joe, and told him about the people poaching his turf. We agreed that we'd split it with him. We'd take the upfront money for each contract and he'd get the back end money down the road. It was a good deal for everyone. So Joe contacted the phone company and had them threaten the poachers with a big lawsuit if they didn't stop. A week later, Frank and I strolled into the offices of our old employer. Most of the furniture and all the yoga mats were gone and there was just a table, a couple of filing cabinets and a file box with the final pay envelopes for everyone. I made a show of counting my money to make sure it was all there and the two owners, husband and wife, told Frank and I bitterly that they'd had to take cash advances on their credit cards for this money and asked me that if I felt guilty for destroying their lives. I smiled and said, nope, and left. Our marketing company made us a lot of money over the year until the company got bought up by Sprint and the gravy train ended. So am I the jerk for taking revenge on this company that tried to not pay me this huge commission? I can't even fathom why this company would structure the commission system in a way that it was exponential, but so that they couldn't pay it. Even if it was still exponential, but they made it so that it would be increasing from 10% of the contract to 20%, all the way up to a maximum of 100%. So at least they wouldn't make money off of that specific contract, but they would still have the ability to pay what they owe him. But they didn't do that. They got so greedy, they wanted to make it seem like they would pay out way beyond whatever this contract was paying them, which doesn't even make sense because that's a scenario that they don't want to have happen. You would think if you're trying to inspire somebody to do something, you would want the outcome of them doing that thing. But let me know how you would handle this. If you were making $10,000 a week in commissions because you went in overtime 14 hours a day, seven days a week, and they tried to not pay you, what would you do? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Would I be the jerk for telling my mom she can't get married within two to three months of my wedding? Myself and my fiance got engaged last year and are getting married this spring. 
spring. My mom has been with her partner for 15 years. It was never clear whether they were ever going to get married due to other family dynamics. They are both divorced. My stepfather very casually proposed to my mom by simply mentioning to her in early 2021. They didn't start to move forward with any plans right away. When I got engaged last year, my fiance took me ring shopping. I was sending my mom possible pictures, but we eventually went for a bespoke ring. My mom then went engagement ring shopping the next week for hers and only told me about it on the day. She got a more generic, but likely still more expensive ring, which meant she got hers only a week later. Since mine was being made from scratch, I didn't get mine until several months later. Myself and my fiance found this slightly distressing at the time because it was odd for her to get hers at the exact same time that I was looking for mine and then a bit of a letdown for her to get hers first. We did not say anything though. In the year that has passed, she has not made any wedding plans of her own. I have been planning mine a lot. I had told her that my fiance and I had been looking at wedding rings the last couple weekends. I also sent her some potential pictures of ideas I had. When I asked her how her weekend was, she said she and her fiance had bought their wedding rings this weekend. We were shocked that they had deliberately bought rings right when I had told her we were looking at rings for a second time. My fiance says that I need to tell my mom that she is not allowed to get married two to three months either side of our wedding. He is worried that since she keeps copying me that she will do this again with the actual wedding itself. I agree, but I know that I can't control what they do and I otherwise have a very close relationship with my mom. I think she has just done these things thoughtlessly rather than maliciously. So would I be the jerk if I asked her not to get married close to my wedding? But before you decide, there's a few updates. People make a fair point about me maybe two to three months being too long. Also, I probably would ask instead of tell if I decide to say anything. Maybe I should have included this information, but to be honest, I hadn't even thought about why we didn't want them to get married close to us. Due to the aforementioned family dynamics, some of the other family members don't want them to get married. So when they do, it will no doubt cause sulking and rifts for at least a few weeks with other family members. I really want everyone to just be getting along for my wedding. Jumping into the future for a final update, I think I will simply ask her when she is thinking of getting married. I know I can't control when she does and I don't own the dates, but I don't think that should stop me from asking her if she would consider avoiding around my date more as a favor. She has made other weird comments like joking about borrowing my wedding dress, so there are other things that make me uncomfortable. She has spoken about just going to the registrar's office and having a meal out afterwards, so it is the sort of thing that could be planned on short notice. That's why I'm worried she might do it on the spur of the moment very close to mine. For anyone saying to give a fake wedding date, I know some people plan weddings in six months, but most are planned out at least a year in advance nowadays. We sent out save the dates in September, so this suggestion wouldn't work and also lying to her to try to manipulate her into avoiding my date seems like an even worse thing to do than openly discussing my feelings with her. So, would I be the jerk for telling my mom she can't get married within two to three months of my wedding? What if the OP goes and asks her mom not to do this and the mom says, okay, no problem, I'll get married exactly four months after your wedding or four months before your wedding. The reasoning of why she doesn't want this to happen doesn't really makes sense to me. She's saying that due to family dynamics, it'll cause sulking and rifts for at least a few weeks with other family members. But even if that's true, why would that impact this wedding in any way, shape or form? And why would a range of two to three months be exactly what you would need in order for that to fade away where four months you're in the clear? Every family is different. Every family has its own dynamics. I just don't understand these dynamics at all or why they would be relevant to her wedding. If this is something that is still concerning after thinking about it, I think the first step is just asking the mom, hey, this is when our wedding is going to be. When do you think yours will be? And starting from that point and talking about why it's important to you for whatever reason, it doesn't have to make sense to be important
important to you. And if the mother cares for you, she'll probably hear you out. But do not lie and give a fake wedding date like some people were suggesting. That is definitely the wrong way to go. So let me know how you see this. Do you think this is a big deal or not? And jerk or not a jerk and why? When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.